0: This year, many distributors are in the process of rethinking their brand strategy and their visual identity, including, of course, their digital presence. And whether you are doing this or not, there are some big changes coming with Google Analytics on July 1st that everyone needs to act on now which is why we invited our in-house expert on digital marketing, Luke Williams, to the SKUcast to talk about these topics. Luke is a digital marketing specialist in web enhancements, Google analytics, paid organic search, and more. And today we talk about a few different topics. One, what he considers the most important elements on your website. Two, which factors can affect the performance of your site the most. Three, whether to outsource to a specialist like Luke or bring that expertise in-house for where to make your biggest investments. And finally, we talk about the potential impact of AI on search. Hi friends, I'm Bobby Lee, the chief content officer at Commonskew. To help even further with this topic, this week we published on our community page an article featuring even more tips by Luke. The article is about the three steps you can take to unlock an effective website design. So my recommendation is listen to this episode first to hear Luke's suggestions, and then visit community.commonskew.com where we have a blueprint for the three-step process to get you started today's episode is brought to you by commons the work from anywhere platform that powers your connected workflow enabling you to process more orders and dramatically grow your sales to learn more visit commonskew.com now here's my chat with luke luke welcome to the program hey bobby it's nice to be here yeah hey you hop on a site and as someone who optimizes websites as i read in your bio in the intro What's the first thing you
1: notice, good or bad? So I always look at the user experience first. So that's always the number one thing for me, because if I go on there and there's a lot of clutter, or I don't know where to go, I'm like, there is an issue on this site, or maybe the company doesn't have their direction totally figured out.
0: Yeah. So Andy Christina has a 20-point checklist for a high performing homepage. And we'll link to that in the show notes. But of the 20 points Hello. or of your probably you have your own checklist, what would you consider the top five?
1: Yeah, that was a really good resource. I would recommend anybody who's looking at their website go there because it was it was awesome for the whole page when I was going through it. Yeah. Um I'm gonna group a few of them together because I okay. do consider them one in one. Uh but the first and most important is the hero image and the descriptive header. It's the first thing you see. You want that to be clear and get the image across right away. The second is the brief intro and I combined that with any visual evidence you have because those usually go hand in hand as well. Okay. Uh the third being the navigation menu. And then the fourth being the conversion copy and fifth being call to action. Okay. How this goes down for me, and it's as a whole, very simply to think about, is what do people see first? That's the order that I just went down in. Hero image, brief intro, usually Mm. the navigation menu, because you scroll a little bit and you're like, okay, where am I going now? And then your conversion copy and call to action. Where do you want people to go? And what do they see first? That is the most important piece on the website. Mm. What
0: kinds of tools do you use? Talking about the shift to the just analytics itself and to analyze a website's performance, can you give us an example?
1: Yeah, I have a few that are pretty good resources. Uh, So the first and one that will really impact your ranking is speed, just how quickly is your page loading? Mm. You just have to hit two seconds if you're under two seconds in the page load speed you're pretty good if you're over two seconds people are most likely going to bounce out yeah because they're like it's not responsive so i have a website for that just called pagespeed.web uh we can link that as well yep. um, and the second good one is this website called wave it's actually for um, making sure that your website is optimized for people with disabilities hmm and it's making sure that you don't have too high of a contrast uh, on your text. But what it also does is show you if you have alt text or if you have the right uh, hierarchy down on your website. So it's actually really good for just a double check on do I have all of my i might cross crossing all my T's and dying all my I's.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of alt text, there used to be all these ways to game a website. Google gets smarter and then people game it and then Google gets smarter and it's become far more authentic craft, I think, than it used to be. What kind of nerdy Luke things are you withholding because you, you specialize in this and maybe our audience doesn't. So I ask this to sort of get inside your head. Maybe the technical aspect won't, We you know, we won't become experts like you, but it can open our minds to some new terms or things. What about what do you, what's in your toolkit? And, and give us a breakdown of some of the more intense technical things that you would consider.
1: Thing that I look at the most for all of this tech pieces is Google Analytics. Okay. It's really the number one tool to use because uh, that's where you're able to get into all of that mini gritty. Yeah. There is a, is a bit of a learning curve into it, but once you start getting good with it, That's where you can get all the nitty gritty stuff. So when we're talking about different uh, terms or things to look at, you know, engagement rate and bounce rate is a big one on uh, Google Analytics. Just how often is somebody interacting or just leaving right away? Um, Your website authority, how strong is your website presence? So, you know, are you a trusted source when people link to you? And then, you know, thinking, Of course, about people's KPIs and what your own KPI is. So what's your time on page click-through rate? Um, If we get to a bit of paid advertising, like what's your CPM? So you can evaluate, are you spending your money correctly? Are people going to the right pages? Are they staying there? That's where you get into those details a lot more.
0: You mentioned there's a big shift happening in Google Analytics, and a big one. You mentioned that Google's migrating from Universal Analytics, UA, to Google Analytics, GA4, and not Process UA. So so everyone really needs to migrate as soon as possible. Google stated on July 1 of this year, UA will stop processing data. Break that down for us non-techie types. What does all that mean?
1: Yeah, so it means that Google is upgrading. They're going from windows 7 to windows 10 okay and they're not going to support windows 7 Mm. anymore so what that means is on july 1st if you go into google analytics universal so uh universal analytics you'll have all of your past data but then you'll just show zeros forever they're not going to take any more of that data okay they're doing a complete shift to ga4 and on July 1st J4 is the only thing that you'll be able to use to for Google to look at that data.
0: I got it. So Universal will give me my historical but I'll bas- basically have a blank slate uh, when it comes to anything future. Nothing
1: will show. Exactly.
0: That's what it means by will stop processing data. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to track it. <laughs> for okay. the old
1: platform anymore.
0: Right. It's huge. It's huge. I'm glad we're talking about this. Thank you for bringing this up for our audience. What's the distinction between Universal Analytics and Google Analytics
1: or does it even matter? It, it does. The way that they're doing things is different now. It matters because if you are used to Universal Analytics, it will look different in GA4. So now is also a great time to get into it and learn it a mm. little bit because that's what the future will be. Yeah, right. On a basic level, universal analytics looked at sessions so i'm going onto this website how long am i on it for um you know what what am i doing on it but not that granular it's like you got a page view or you're going mm. to this page it doesn't show you all the clicks and what people are doing g84 is event based so it shows you every single thing that happens mm. go to this page and you click on this button And then you go to this page, you're there for a minute, you watch a video for this long. It cares about events instead of sessions. And that's why you can't bring the data over because they're different models.
0: Interesting. So you think that this shift in how we search online, how we bounce around so quickly, how a million tabs open, you think this is part of that shift that they're managing, you know, it's no longer we're really hunkering down and staying on a page We're we're everywhere. And it's sort of managing that event structure. It's almost like chasing the customer journey, but through digitally (laughs) through their experience online. Is that, am I wrapping that up?
1: 100%. Okay. We are barely on pages. We're on it for like a minute or two. So let's track granularly what's happening on those pages okay. so i don't need to
0: export any data my old data will still be there on the universal side what's is there any migration process do you have a few suggestions on how we get started how do i how do i tell my colleagues or my team how do we how do we make sure that we're on j4
1: yeah if you go on to google analytics and you're on the old platform right now you'll get hit with a pop-up to migrate over Okay. There are also a lot of great resources just to build it from scratch because you have to redo some Google Tag Manager stuff and set that up for GA4. Um, and you have to set up different events for yourself. So I think we can link something else in the show note that I actually used for our migration over that made it really simple and easy to use.
0: Okay, we'll get into that. Um, a lot of folks don't have a specialist like you on their team. They, they might have marketing folks that generalize. Um, but do you think... An entrepreneur, let's say you're running a small business, 10 to 20 people. Is this the kind of thing that I'm better to outsource with people who know what they're doing? Or should someone on my team adopt part of this
1: process part time and learn it? What's your take? If you have someone who's interested in it, mm-hmm. it's usually better to have them learn it and keep it in house because okay. they have a lot of investment. they all really care about Great your point. business and be able to understand your objectives. Yeah. Um, if you don't have that and you are a small team, then it's totally fine to outsource it and you can usually outsource it with them also doing your paid media and they can just be an entire marketing department uh, for some thousand dollars a year, which is a great way to supplement yourself and not get bogged down if you are a small team with um, with a lot of extra work.
0: Okay. Um, this might be a dumb question, but I'm assuming GA4 is going to impact our SEO just because it's going to tell us more about what's going on, on our website. Will it have a major
1: impact on our SEO?
0: Not by just deploying it, but maybe
1: understanding the data better? Yeah, it totally could because you know more specifically what people are doing. Um, now, it is separate from SEO. So right. SEO is making sure that your site is set up well and that you're showing people authentic information. Uh, so a big, just a signal that you might be off could be your bounce rate. And that's where g 4 could help out a little bit and say like, okay, um, you know, why are they bouncing out? What page are they going to? And are mm. they even scrolling? That's the information you could use to improve your SEO.
0: A recommendation you had was the analytics mania um is that that's, is that the resource you were mentioned we'll link to that website and uh there, there's a youtube channel really good youtube tube channel as well
1: yeah that's the one i watched their videos and they were all okay. free on youtube and i was just skipping through the different pieces that i needed yeah. uh but i did you know i hit some obstacles while i'm doing the migration and i was just able to search on their site and the he was hitting the answers right away which Usually, you have to go to a few different places. Yeah, so that's was, really good. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. Speaking of the investment, how much time and energy should we be spending on our websites in the age of Twitter, TikTok, and IG, and now AI? I mean, can an argument be made that, I know this is a dumb question, but is, can the argument be made that it's not as crucial now?
1: This is actually a really interesting one. And I take it back to one of my favorite shows. It's Shark Tank. On Shark Tank, they'll always ask, or often they'll ask, is this a product or is it a brand? And if Mm. you're a product, then you might not need a website. You just need a storefront because you're just trying to sell one thing. So you're trying to go big on TikTok or on Instagram. You're going viral to push this sale of a a product. If you are a brand, it's really worth your while to have a website. Because your website is where you tell the story of your business. Mm. You show your value add that you're more than just a product. You can really supply your clients with different resources and different advantages. So to be able to control your story on your own site and have one spot where everybody goes to, that's really, really valuable. I thought I would just ask it. I, I know it sounds obvious, but also it's a platform you
0: own as opposed to someone else owning um, everything else. And so um, are, are what are the hidden investments to making a really good website experience great? Is it is it, are we spending more time in design, analytics, back in development, SEO? I mean, that's a really general question, but... Trying mm-hmm. to give folks a handle on as there are a lot of folks are rebranding and actually repositioning their brand strategy. And so they're going through this process, and many have already just done it or they're about to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Where would you encourage them to spend most of their time and energy with the biggest ROI?
1: Yeah. The first thing would be design and user experience. Okay. So do people enjoy going to your website and are they getting the information that they need? If that's not true, then your back-end stuff won't matter because you're having no traffic to your site. Yeah, great. So you want to, like, doing a rebrand is totally fair. Uh, Doing a revamp revamp is also good. You're just changing around the navigation. You're using past information. But making sure that your design feels on-brand and the customers can get to where they want within a page or two that would be the best ROI, because uh, after that, the other pieces do fall in. Like you have to have good backend pieces if you're getting a lot of traffic, but it all starts with that first uh, design aspect.
0: You are uh, currently revamping the CommonsQ website, and uh, you've got many priorities with that. But um, what are you trying to resolve?
1: It was really the customer journey, so there was a lot of incredible info on the common SKU site yeah. and it had really good design. Like Lucia, our designer is just yeah. incredible. And yeah. <laughs> that carries over to the website. It was all really nice. So what my role here was just streamlining a bit, taking things out from different pages, maybe rewriting some of the copy and making sure that as we talk about that design piece was, yeah on the same level, or maybe I should say that user experience piece is on the same level as our design.
0: It seems like a battle for many of us, us included, um, but particularly agencies and distributors who can sell a million different types of products, that one of the toughest <laughs> things to reconcile are these competing ideas or too much information. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that a that's a big battle for everybody. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, that is a huge
0: battle. <laughs> uh, let, let's switch to... Um, ai real quick i mean do you see how do you see ai impacting websites i mean we're all in this sort of nascent journey where we're not quite sure we're all playing with it and figuring it out and we're hearing all kinds of things from the doomsday doomsdayers to the optimists um but google and bing's chat ai are you know there was an article on, and i think it was in uh i wired it was in another magazine but it was going to change search forever and it's if real. so what's your gut on potentially how it would change search
1: yeah it's um it's kind of a twofold for me. So I think your website will always be very important. So you yeah. should still have a website because when people do find you, you want it to be on track. The search aspect is interesting because uh, I'm not sure how it'll operate as nobody does into the future and how it will evolve. Uh, but my basic thought on it is that like chat GPT is actually just trying to do what or could do what google is doing with google yeah. search engine it's just a way more sophisticated version of it so where i'm at is you know you still have to have your good keywords and you yeah. good you still have to have those same general principles because that's what chat gpt i think will go off of yeah and then if you have a strong website chat gpt is able to go through it See what you're about. They're more likely to recommend you if somebody's looking for a product search. So I don't think it's that disruptive right now, but right, right. Um, it will definitely have an impact on how people find you. I
0: noticed yesterday, just in my own user experience, and this is just my experience, that I'm using Notion on occasion, and inside Notion, there's an AI option where you can do research, right? So I can say, I can ask it whatever I'm what, whatever document I'm working on. And then mm-hmm. in Reader, uh, Readwise is a Reader product, which is like a pocket competitor. They have a thing called Ghost Reader, and you can actually ask the article questions. So whatever article you read, and it was reading this really intense tech article with Kevin Kelly, and there were terms that I didn't understand. It was in line, right? <laughs> so that was like a, that was pretty pretty cool experience. I didn't have to go jump out and go anywhere. I didn't have to disrupt my own workflow. So there could be some potential changes down the road. I don't know. I, I, I'm mean, totally agree with you. I, not that I have any expertise like you do, but I, <laughs> it, having our own property, having our own domain is still going to be vital going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Owning it and being able to say what you want to say on it yeah. is yeah. so important. So yeah, somebody just like for common skew, if they're like, what is common skew good for? What's its use yeah. You still want to have something like that on your website. So that chat GPT or those apps that you're talking about can pull that because that's ultimately what they'll use to figure out what you're good for.
0: Uh, this is going to sound like I'm I'm going to throw you a fastball or an easy one right down <laughs> the pipe you about um, Content. Content at one time, and I'm assuming it still does, played a vital role in search. And how important is the content experience now for brands so
1: content is still very important but i put it to what do you want to prioritize on yeah um i was actually talking to somebody who's just getting into digital marketing a few weeks ago they Mm -hmm. presented the same question and the thing with content is it comes down to time as you know, it takes a long time to make good content. Yeah, If you don't have good content, then nobody's really going to want to read it. So it takes a while to build up that audience and build that trust. So if you are a small business and you just don't have time to put out a blog post every two weeks, that's actual good content, then it won't be worth your time. Mm, great but point. if you... If you can invest in it and you have somebody who is dedicated to it, it can have huge benefits. But it's it's all about time management at the end yeah. of the day.
0: Yeah, really great point. Um, let's talk a little bit about Luke. Where do you go to like sharpen the saw in your, your toolbox? We already mentioned one resource. Um, where do you go to learn more <laughs> yeah. about your specialty? What sites or people do you follow in your profession?
1: Yeah, a great site to follow is Search Engine Journal. Uh, that's one that I will go on every once in a while. They're a bit spammy. Uh, they got a lot of ads in there, but they're a news piece. So I get it. Uh, but they got really good articles and they always have good links out. Um, and then somebody who I love to follow is not a search guy, but Seth Godin is, he's always the best.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was about to ask what brands or people inspire you the most retail consumer. I know you're a big concert goer. Uh, (laughs) what, what sort of brands like inspire you?
1: Yeah. My brands are all about feel good. I like, I'm a very positive person and right. I think that comes out with the brands a lot. Um, so I have a music festival. I really like Bonnaroo. Their slogan is radiate positivity and oh, cool. all the pieces that they come out with are really accepting. Really. It's just to make you happy. Um, the brand that I really like uh, is actually similar to that. It's Chubby's Shorts. Um, they are, it's a really colorful brand um, that, you know, their emails used to be the, I would wake up and I would read every one of their emails. They were just <laughs> so fun. Um, so those would be the two that I, that I really liked to look at for some inspiration. That's cool. What's on your desk today? I like to ask this
0: question because it gives us a glimpse into your world. We talked a lot about your world in this episode, but what what's in your, what's on your desk today?
1: Yeah. Um. So right now. We're actually still a little bit early in Google ads and paid advertising. So it is that I wake up, I come to my desk, have some coffee and look at our ads and see what can I improve? How did yesterday go? Mm. And how did the past week go? So I will usually spend an hour or so just looking at that to make sure that we're spending our money appropriately and getting new conversions in. Uh, And then a lot, as we spoke about a little bit, is the website stuff. So, you know, what we're actually doing is going through every single page and we're scraping everything, seeing what is good. What are other websites that we can take some inspiration from? And what's the copy? What are the designs that we should put in there? So that has been for the past little bit, the the big piece that I'm working on. So um, that's what I'll generally focus on for a majority of the day.
0: Okay. How about the best thing you've read, listened to, watched, binged? Uh, what's what's impacted your thinking
1: recently? And it can be just fun. Fun-wise, um, I love using TikTok. And what I've actually realized about myself is I might have like adD I'm not totally sure. But <laughs> the TikToks that I've been liking are videos. It'll be like South Park or Family Guy. And then right. they've got Subway Surfer on the bottom. And I find I'm listening to the top part of it and i'm watching subway surfer and i get, they keep me really retained so what it's made me learn is i i you know i always listen to music and that might be why i work pretty well because i've always got two things coming in yeah. but one's quieter yeah. that i can focus on that's interesting
0: okay last question last best concert you've <laughs> been to
1: uh it would be thomas Rhett. he uh he did this big stadium tour I got the final one the final show on that tour in ottawa now i don't usually like stadium series i sometimes find them scripted like you know they're always going to walk through the crowd they've got their big lights i really like the authentic piece of these smaller intimate shows uh that he was awesome they had a lot of surprises and you could tell that he was breaking a few times but and by breaking i mean he's just laughing like he can't finish the words Cause what's going on on stage is insane. Um, so that was, that was really enjoyable and a bit out of, you know, I don't usually go to concert show or country shows either. So right. that yeah. really changed it up for me.
0: That's really good. Well, Luke, thanks for joining my friend. Really. Thank you for sharing some really valuable information with us today, especially around the Google analytics and just website. And so many people are revamping and rebranding. It's really timely and helpful. So thanks a lot, my friend.
1: Nate, hey, it was great to come on. Thanks Bobby. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Skewcast. Be sure to keep up with our latest content by subscribing to Skewcast on iTunes or to our blog at community.commonskew.com. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for listening.